Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920. We are heading in the inside huddle. the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right. Uh, that is the time of the show where we, one of my favorite segments uh, of the week, and we're double dipping on uh, Dr. Odell and Dr. Moses this week um, because I really wanted to talk about that. We're talking to Dr. Robert Odell and Dr. Michael Moses from the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, in Las Vegas. They're always kind enough to join us uh, on a weekly basis to talk about injuries, uh, uh, pain relief, um, health, uh, all those uh, type of things that are a huge, huge, huge component in sports and life. Uh, and they provide a great service um, at the pain uh, neuropathy and pain center of Las Vegas. And one of the reasons I wanted to have them on uh, twice this week was because um, you know here in Nevada uh, we got the the news recently that um, it looks like high schools are going to start reopening uh, at some point uh, here pretty soon. And um, as part of that, uh, some sports are going to be able to uh, to to get going again uh, on a limited basis, on a condensed basis. Uh, I know my son's playing f- high school football over at Coronado High School. Um, it looks like the plan is going to be for them to be able to practice for about a month and get an inter-squad scrimmage going just to kind of get back into the swing of things ahead of next fall when hopefully everything is, is back and running. And Dr. Odell and Dr. Moses, first of all, thank you uh, for joining us again uh, today. Um, your initial thoughts on... Um, just the schools opening here in Las Vegas uh, and Nevada, and and do you feel like it's overdue? Do you feel like it's being too risky, uh, or do you feel like uh, this is the the right time to now uh, get back into oh, that swing? It's of way overdue. If you look at the statistics in Florida, which has been open for a long time, they have less COVID deaths in California and New York. I just rest my case. Really, it's ridiculous. It's people using their power and pushing other people around. Uh, we're kind of like California Junior, fortunately not as bad, but I have very strong feelings about that, and uh, um, I'm glad that uh, things are opening up. It's, it's just, it's about time. Michael? Yeah, Vinny, I agree totally with Dr. Odell. It's about time. I'm excited to see college football. I'm excited to see high school football. Ready to go. Let's do it. Dr. Odell, um, real quick, um, you know, and, and there are obviously politics uh, have been involved in this, and, and as you said, power plays. Um, just out of curiosity, though, uh, and I am interested, genuinely interested in, 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 in your answer, uh, why? What, what, would, what would the, what would the uh, uh, benefit be in terms of the power, people making power plays, uh, to, to slow down that process? I think the Democrats like to have power. They really do, and they like to push themselves around. Three things motivate people, power, money, and sex. But many of us, you know, have one or two of those. Um, um, and I, I don't want to say any more about that, but power, I've never had that. But I'm telling you, when I have power over hiring and firing of people, which I do in my clinic, I don't like it. And, um, but I'm, I'm, I, I understand that it corrupts. I mean, look at these politicians who are wealthy when they're finished. Uh, there's, there's, I've, I've, I have from very high sources that money that was paid to Iran that Obama got a cut of it. Now, look, I, I don't want to be political. Uh, I apologize. 
But I think when it comes down to our individual behavior and freedom, I do not think the people in power, especially in democratic states, really understand the harm they're doing by shutting things down. They don't hear about the suicides. They don't hear about the failed businesses. It's wrong, Vinny. It's absolutely wrong, and we need to rise up. We really do. Well, uh, and and I thank you very much uh, for, for, for your honesty, uh, and I, I genuinely am interested uh, in, in what the response was. Hopefully, we stay online. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to get started. I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we're getting back on track, uh, and it is. Uh, it, it's but, overdue. Vinny, it's been Vinny, over- what, what China did was an act of war. really was. They closed Ruan province, but they left the international airport open. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing everything I can not to ever again buy anything from China. It's going to be hard, but I think every American should do that. It's, it's, it's just mind-numbing what they unleashed yeah, that, on us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've, paid a, we've paid an incredible price. Uh, there's, there's, there's no doubt uh, Michael, uh, uh, about that. Dr. Moses, agree? I mean, I'm 100% on your side, Doc. I totally agree. Yep. Yep. Ready to open this thing back up again. I don't like looking back. Yep. I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. Right. Agree with you 100%. Same here. Um, And and yeah, Dr. Uh, Odell, do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, how. Just go ahead and open it up and let's let's get after it, or should it be on a gradual basis, or any thoughts on that? No, open it up. Yep. There's no reason. There's no scientific basis for keeping anything closed. When I was in uh, uh, California, uh, I was monitoring a doctor who is uh, the, the the medical board was after him was ridiculous. But I'm I'm monitoring him, and uh, um, it was ridiculous trying to go out to dinner. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yep. And in fact, that governor is going to be recalled. I mean. Uh, that's a well-known fact. So we need to let people use their own individual freedoms to decide what's best for them. There's a lot of evidence that masks don't make any difference. I mean, I've worn masks my whole life in surgery. In fact, in England, the anesthesiologist doesn't have to wear a mask behind the uh, ether screen, okay, because his, he's not breathing directly into the wound. Now, I'm not sure I really approve of that or not, because I've been trained to wear a mask in surgery. Uh, but... A lot of this stuff is not scientifically based. I could go on probably for three days on your radio show, which would bore everybody, about how little basis there is in a lot of the medical care we do. A lot of this is just not evidence-based. And a lot of times the evidence-based medicine is used to suppress new technologies. So it's a very muddled situation. Don't get me wrong. We get the best system in the world. At least there is some modicum of free choice. But uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult uh, when you're dealing with, with human beings and the individual variation to make blanket statements and do blanket protocols. Again, I'm talking too much in this segment. Go, Michael, go ahead. No, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's fine. I'll, I'll add one thing. If you, if you want to go through history to find out how power uh, can corrupt Go look back at when uh, things like electricity were coming about and, and powerful people tried to deny that uh, and make sure it didn't happen because they were selling oil for gasoline, uh, lanterns, and things like that. And they had the power and tried to squash it. So it does well, happen. And you can- Do you know, you know who Simmelweis is, Dr. Simmelweis was? 
uh, the name does not ring a bell. Back in the 13th century, he noticed that the uh, that the, uh, the that the midwives who were delivering babies had less infection rates than the doctors who were in the pathology lab. They go deliver babies. He had the gall to suggest that they wash their hands. He ended up being put in prison. I think died three weeks later. There's now an institute, the Simulice Institute. Uh, this is this is what I live by: is, is going up against the establishment. Just because they're in the majority doesn't mean they're right. And, right. Absolutely. Uh, um, you, I mean, you can't go half cocked. You got to follow the rules. The FDA does some great stuff, as the CDC does. It has to be like some moderation. But I'm afraid that the reaction to this COVID has gone off the deep end. And again, I uh, I'm yapping too much, but uh, it's okay. Uh, I asked the I really question. I believe in for, individual yeah. freedom, guys. You know. Yeah, no, 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 you're not yapping on. Trust me, I, I asked the question, and and uh, and, and I'm glad that you uh, were, were forthcoming uh, with the answer. Uh, and and there's no question, and, I, and I, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, at part of schools now opening up is that uh, athletics is going to start uh, opening up, and um, you know, uh, I think with football, uh, I mentioned football is coming back. It's going to be, I think they're going to practice for a month or so. It's more just to kind of get the bodies back in the swing of things playing football again. They'll have an inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, and then hopefully next fall when football is usually supposed to be played, it'll be full swing when that happens. But the, the question that I had for Dr. Moses and, and Dr. Odell is with all these kids that have been kind of sitting around a lot, you know, gyms are, are now kind of opening up. My, my, my son's going to a gym, has been for about the last month, month and a half or so, trying to get back uh, into the swing of things, but not everyone has that luxury. Not everyone, um, you know, has the time to be able to, to do that. A lot of kids lift weights at school. Schools have been closed. Uh, tracks have been closed. All of those type of things uh, have, have uh, thwarted uh, what, what kids normally do to prepare themselves uh, to get into a season. What kind of risks might they be looking at or do's and don'ts uh, jumping back into sports after the kind of year that we've just had, and maybe in a lot of cases, some uh, major inactivity. Yeah, Vinny, you hit the nail on the head. It's inactivity in general. A lot of these students have been sitting in front of Zoom calls, sitting in their chairs uh, for months and months, and now we're going to expect them to go out and play at high-level sports like they were playing last year. They're going to get hurt. Um, one of the detrimental things that you have when you have a student that sits and doesn't isn't isn't active for as long as they've been, you get a lot of shoulder problems. You get these uh, the back rounds, the upper back rounds, the middle back rounds, the shoulders rounds, the neck goes forward, and you see a lot of neck and shoulder injuries. So, I would highly suggest coaches look out for your young athletes. Make sure that they use a foam roller. Make sure that they're doing these thoracic mobile thoracic mobility exercises. Do a lot of chest openers. Really do some mobility work um, before you start getting into some heavy hitting or some heavy lifting in the gym. The um, mobility work really revolves around moving a joint. Um, mobility is joint. Uh, flexibility is muscle. So these young athletes have to start getting on foam rollers, lacrosse balls, uh, bands, tubing, start opening up these joints to prepare them for getting hit. So mobility work would be the number one thing that these young athletes need to do to prepare for sports. Dr. Odell, um, uh, for, for, for kids that may not have access uh, to, to a gym, and we know that there's a lot of kids 
um, that are in situations where um, you know what they do in terms of working out, lifting weights, is sometimes just tied into the school that they go to. They may not have the means to have a gym membership. Um, you know, uh, so so uh, and t- uh, short of being able to do that and to get to an actual gym. What would you suggest uh, kids do um, as they get prepared to go out and play football again in about a few weeks or so when they, when they get started that they can do that doesn't necessarily mean having a gym access? I think, I think if they have access to good instructors, uh, they don't really necessarily need the equipment. There's a lot of things you can do with some very simple, very simple equipment. Um, Dr. Moses would know more about that than myself, but I think with the instructions from the, from the, from the, from the coaches and things, there's a lot of things that guys can do on them on their own. Um, for example, yeah. when you yeah. start instead of yeah. running, you start walking and walking fast. Then you start running, you know, simple stuff yeah. like that. Uh, Bam. Yeah, doc, you're right. Yeah. Pilates, yoga, all the all the basic movements, movement patterns that they need to do. And do you think that we're going to see a lot of injuries, uh, doctors, or, or do you think that hopefully and 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 you know, how does that play into, um, you know, like especially with what you guys do, the services that you can offer uh, in case that does become, you know, an issue, an issue here, especially here locally? Well, the Synexus device is amazing at uh, hurt, curing aches and pains. Although the device is fairly expensive, we could certainly offer that to any athlete who'd like to come to our clinic and certainly give them a discount or something. It's really not that expensive. Uh, the machine does amazing things electrically, uh, transcutaneously. But, I mean, there's so many things uh, that they can do, ice pack, heat, tens, that are, that are really inexpensive and, and really reachable. I use it to relax the back store in, um, you know, on Charleston. They're, they're terrific. Uh, mention our name, you get 10% off. This is more for the older folks, but they really know their ergonomics and their physical medicine rehab, uh, which is, you know, Dr. Moses' uh, wheelhouse way more than mine. And they've helped a lot of people from my clinic of all ages. Um, and there's all kinds of resources, I think, if you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, for um, advice as to how to help yourself after a minor injury like that. Dr. Moses, yeah, we, do, uh, we um, talked about this our, on, 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 on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Vinny. Oh, yeah, um, you know, we talked about this Wednesday, but are you seeing a higher rate of, uh, of, 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 of patients, you know, due to what we've been going through? Is that, is, are the, are, are, have you noticed anything like that, that, that kind of a trend moving up, or has it been pretty stable uh, throughout it? No, we've been seeing a lot, of clinic, a, lot of new, a lot of new patients recently over the last two months with um, uh, mid-back pain, shoulder pain, headaches, neck pain, and most of it is from sitting in front of a computer sedentary for hours at a time and not moving. And then you can't expect a high school athlete or a college athlete to go from sitting for hours at a time to running full speed. So the mobility work that they should be doing at home is really very key. Um, we see a lot of headaches. So doing spinal adjustments to the neck, to the cervical spine, to the upper back, really increases the, um, the patient's mobility. So chiropractic adjustments, physical therapy, stretching, um, balance-type work, neurologic proprioceptive type work with wobble boards and balance boards, those are the type of things that start waking up the nervous systems that we do in the clinic. And people could do that at home also. Young athletes can work on their neurologics and their balance at home um, to prepare for sports as well. 
Dr. Odell, um, you know, uh, Dr. Moses brings up a, a good point about the Zoom meetings, students, uh, you know, it, it seems like everyone's in front of their computer. That's their work day nowadays. Uh, Roger Goodell, uh, the NFL owner, said that uh, they may, because of what's happened this past year, how they've conducted their business, that may, they may stick with some of these uh, Zoom meetings rather than having these meetings. I contend that that's being short-sighted. Um, uh, I think that just getting up and going to the facility, going to the meeting room, sitting there, interacting with people, um, sitting upright, uh, listening to somebody that's actually speaking at a podium uh, in, the, in the way these meetings usually uh, uh, unfold or are typically unfold is much better health-wise than having people still stay on these Zoom meetings day after hour after hour. Any thoughts on that? I know Goodell is trying to... Um, I don't know exactly what he's doing, but I, but I think he has good, but I think even good of uh, you know results. I don't think that that's the way to go. I, any thought on that? I, I agree with you. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I mean, I should be interviewing you for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I, yeah. I I was only thinking about it because you know with what my uh, Dr. Moses has been saying, and I was thinking yep. this when I heard Doctor or uh, Roger Goodell was get him stop enough with. People being in their living room or their bedrooms or their home office looking at a computer, I, I would imagine it's bad on the eyes, too, let alone but, everything else. Can I, back can I interrupt you? I am, Go ahead. My wife got me some of these glasses. They're like 1.0s that are specially made to block the computer glare. I was diddle, My eyes are pretty good for 74 years old, but I was having trouble. These things, like, they're $5, I mean, $17 for five pair. And, like, I'm looking at the screen now, two screens without the glasses on. It's like night and day. I recommend everybody get these. They're cost next to nothing. I don't know what the, she's ordered them for me, so I don't know what they're called, but they block the UV glare. And they're, uh, I think, even if you don't have to wear glasses, you should get the 0.0 ones and wear them. I really believe that because it will, it cuts way down on the fatigue. It's yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think that they're thinking about along those terms of the on your neck, on your back, on no, your eyes, the uh, eyes, staring at eyes, I, yeah. I, motion yeah, is so, lotion. Once you move, that? you lubricate your joints. You feel much better. I agree. I totally people agree. Well, have, doctor, uh, people have uh, facet syndrome, for example, in the back. It's worse in the morning. Once they start moving, it goes away. I think I might actually have something something along those lines because it's it's funny when you wake up in the morning, the you pains. Have you have it. Yeah, and then and then well, all of a sudden you start you start being I active and it, it gets better. I can find for you, man. Oh, there you go. Uh, well, I might be uh, hitting you up. I might be hitting you up here pretty soon on that. Uh, Dr. Odell and Dr. Moses, thank you so much for spending some time extra. We went overtime this week, uh, and I don't mind that one bit. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, we'll be back at it uh, next week. I, I, I'm sorry for the politics, and anybody ever wants to open a dialogue who disagrees, I would welcome that, because we have to have more of a real dialogue and a more coming together, which just is not happening, and that has to happen. Really no apologies believe. necessary. Honesty is yeah. the best policy, and if that's how you feel, and um, then then you have every right to to express yourself. But I, I don't have all the answers, Vinny. You know, nobody does. Right, uh, exactly. One, one um, person up there, maybe, but nobody really does. Absolutely, I'm I'm, I'm with you Thank on you that one hundred percent. Great, great, great show. 
Yep, and uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, you can uh, you find them at the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas. I highly recommend it. They do great work, and I have a feeling uh, that their business is probably going to go up a little bit here pretty soon. Hopefully, these these young athletes uh, could get through this initial phase, um, you know, uh, and and move on to regular life. Uh, hopefully, very very soon. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Vinny. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Dr. Odell and Dr. Michael Moses uh, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, they, they really do do good work, um, and they have uh, you know uh, strong thoughts on things, and rightfully so. I don't think anyone's considering, uh, and, and, and Roger Goodell uh, included. Um, you know, Zoom meetings are great. You, know, uh, you can work from home. That's awesome. But sitting here in front of a computer day after day, uh, doing Zoom meetings, nobody's taking into account what that means on eyes and necks and backs and things like that. And human interaction, like literal human interaction, I think that uh, uh, everyone hopefully uh, can, can rethink that one. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahari. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, talking to the doctors, Dr. Robert Odell and Dr. Michael Moses. Um, Thank you guys from the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center. Always enjoy uh, that uh, weekly segment. Uh, when we um, uh, and talking about high school athletes getting back into the swing of things, um, it's going to be tough, uh, especially after a full year of kind of sitting around and minimal kind of exercise. Uh, hopefully, everybody's going to uh, do it properly and do it prudently and, and kind of get through this first initial phase. I'm looking forward to football season coming back, high school football season, baseball season, all of that. I miss it, man. I totally, totally miss it. Uh, we're going to go back out onto the Raider Nation listener line. Stoner Dude uh, uh, is on the line. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. First of all, I want to say that uh, conversation with the doctors to me was awesome. It was candid. It was honest. It was informative. It's truly appreciate. Really, uh, really excited, and really appreciate what Doctor Odell had to say too. I know that you know we all like to say that we we don't want to mix politics in this, but unfortunately, when politics has so much to do with what we're dealing with every day, it's it's just so hard not to. But it's almost as informative as how many quarterbacks can a defensive lineman. Uh, uh, bench press, as you were talking about earlier, that <laughs> is a lot of fascinating radio as well. Um, you know, Vinny, I, I mean, it's like this every season, man. Every year, whenever it comes to Derek Carr and the Raiders, there's always some kind of controversy. Who should we get? Should we get rid of Carr and all these things? And of course, when you got a great quarterback like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson and some of these other names that are thrown around, it's hard not to think about that. But we have so much good chemistry that we've developed right now with Derek Carr in this offense. These young guys are working with them in the offseason. Uh, three years now under Gruden's offense. I mean, to me, that defense has so many holes, man. we really got to focus on that and make that the number one priority, whether it's trading draft picks or whatever. I've been calling out for J.J. Watt and Richard Sherman now for literally since November 
those names have been, you know, names that I've, I've been talking about because of that veteran leadership and that alpha dog presence that we uh, hear about all the time, especially even now from Gruden. But, you know, defensive tackle, free safety, those are my two main positions I want to fill. I want to get as many guys. Uh, Leonard Williams, he was on the block, uh, I think it was about a year and a half ago, he could have been traded for, from the Jets. And then the Giants took him. I wanted him back then. So that's just where I'm at, man. When it comes to the whole controversy right now, defense, defense. Give Gus Bradley some help. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's funny when J.J. Watt became available, uh, doing some poking around. Um, you know, just the sense that I got was that, you know, J.J.'s play, the film didn't really line up uh, necessarily with what the payday was going to be. And, and the number that I got that, that was kind of thrown at me was, yeah, $17 is not going to happen. And I was thinking, wow, he's, is, is J.J. Watt really looking for $17 million? Well, by the looks of things, I think, I think the best offer that he has right now is $16 million. So it sounds like he's waiting for that $17 million. And I don't know if that's – I think for a team that might be right there on the cusp, uh, maybe that $17 million uh, is, is worth spending. But, man, when you have a lot of holes defensively or, or, or numerous holes, I should say, at least a couple uh, on, on the, uh, as the Raider team – not so sure that spending $17 million on a 32-year-old defensive end uh, is really the right tactic. I think I'd rather go younger, uh, even if it costs $17 million, $15 million for a younger, um, you know, more in his prime type of a player or spread it around a little bit uh, to multiple players. We'll see what the Raiders do. But uh, I'm with you on Richard Sherman. I think he would be an asset, not in lieu of Damon Arnett or um, – uh, uh, Trayvon Mullen, but in conjunction with them. And I really think free safety defensive tackle is also a high, high priority pass rusher, interior defensive lineman, and free safety. Uh, if the Raiders can check off those boxes uh, at a high level, um, then I think that their offseason will have been pretty well spent. Hey, before, before you let me go, I just have one question with you as far as the draft picks go. Um, a defensive tackle, I'm starting to become a bit of a fan of J2 Fele. He doesn't get a lot of talk. He's a junior, and he, did, he opted out this last year at USC. He's got a little bit of Warren Sapp in him, man. He's got a really quick – he's quick off the snap. He hits hard. He wraps. And I just like the guy. So I'm just saying look for that, that name to rise a little bit if he decides to declare for the draft this year. Well, I think he already did, didn't he? And because uh, the, the the deadline has passed for for that. And um, yes, uh, uh, USC's defensive uh, tackle uh, is somebody that I, uh, you know, based on the mock drafts, uh, is 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 looking at a first round pick. Uh, there's there's a few of those players. Uh, I think I think at 17, if the Raiders don't trade it for an established player, I think at 17. Uh, they're 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 going to be in a pretty good spot to get one of the pass rushers or defensive linemen, uh, interior defensive linemen, because I, I think there's so many quarterbacks that are going to go in the top half of the draft, uh, and then a lot of wide receivers are expected to go, um, and some offensive tackles. It could push a player that in a normal year or a different year, uh, defensive player might might have gotten drafted a little bit higher. It might push him down to that 17 range, and I'm sure the Raiders would be all over that. So we will see. It's time to tackle the top headlines of the day. I got blasted. This is Three and Out. Vinny, are you ready for Three and Out? I am, and that's the voice of Demond Cotton, our great producer, and he's got uh, three headlines or three items from around uh, the world, and we're going to talk about exactly that. I'm interested to see what uh, Demond's got on tap today. All right, Vinny. 
Kyrie Irving, the controversial but talented Brooklyn Nets star, is trying to lead a campaign to get Kobe Bryant as the new logo. Now, the logo now is in the likeness because it we well you can say it's him because we all know it's him, Jerry West. But right. you know the league the league isn't going to say it's Jerry West because you know then he would say he might he might not admit it, but he would be entitled to some royalties if that was Jerry West. And I think that might be a reason why the league would shy away from Kobe Bryant being the logo. But are you in favor of Kyrie's Irving proposal of Kobe Bryant? being the new logo for the NBA. Um, you know, Jerry's not uh, uh, against it, so I wouldn't be uh, uh, against it necessarily. Um, you know, uh, I think that, um, you know, uh, you know, times change, things change, and Jerry West has never been arrogant about it whatsoever. Uh, and I think if there's a better option or, or a fresher, newer option, then, then I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. All right, all right, okay. Well, I, was ex- I don't know what I was expecting you to say, but it's just like, oh, just but I mean, it, it brings up a, there's a different question, isn't there? I mean, I think there's an even bigger question than that, isn't that? From what I'm uh, figuring out on uh, on social media and whatnot. What do you mean? Like, is this like a Joe or Jordan Kobe thing, or what do you mean? Yeah, like I mean, uh, the, the exactly. Logo? I think that's that's become the bigger argument now. Not so much uh, whether they should, um, you know, replace Jerry uh, as the logo, but uh, for what I'm seeing on on uh, you know, like on Twitter. A lot of people are going. Well, if you're going to do that, it's got to be Michael Jordan, and that's to me that's 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 the next step of this argument. If it gets to that point, um, no, keep and, it at Jerry. If that's the argument, keep it at Jerry. What's that? Keep it at Jerry. If that's going to be the argument. Uh, well, I mean, I, you know, I think it's a pretty good argument. I think there's a good argument to be made of, of who who it should be, whether it's Michael Jordan or or, or Kobe Bryant. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if it came down to that, I think, I think Kobe Bryant is, is I'd rather see it be Kobe Bryant. Uh, and I, and, and I, you know, nothing against Michael Jordan, um, at all. Um, but Kobe Bryant, especially now, you know, in his unfortunate death, um, you know, I, I, the reason why I would pick him over Michael Jordan for this particular, um, you know, honor, I guess you would call it is, uh, I just, He's 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 come to symbolize so much more than just basketball. Uh, I think there's a lifestyle. I think there's a, a philosophy, a mindset, the mama mentality that that he created that I think has resonated um, throughout. It transcends sports, you know. And and there's a couple of things about the mama mentality that I that I wanted to clear up. I, I seem to do this on Twitter. Uh, every once in a while, it's not about hitting the game-winning shot. It's not about being the champion or the best of all time. Uh, it was never really about that for, for Kobe Bryant. It was always about being the best version of yourself. And everyone has different ceilings. I can't, you know, my, my son's not going to say, hey, I want, I'm going to I'm gonna go work as hard as Kobe Bryant, and therefore I will be better than Kobe Bryant or as good as Kobe Bryant. That's not how it works. We all know that. Uh, there's, there's all types of reasons why, uh, you know, some people are just better at certain things than, than other people. That's just the facts of life. But everybody does have potential in something everybody has greatness in them in some sort of uh you know uh endeavor or pursuit and i think that's what kobe was always all about and always trying to stress it wasn't about being the best basketball player necessarily it was about being the best you and that requires dedication and work ethic and passion for what you do uh and commitment and it's the daily grind it's working you know uh, when everyone else is is resting and i think that message that coupled with, um, you know, his his willingness to, to be there for people, uh, whether it was young basketball players, male or female, uh, I really was impressed 
with how he um, you know, got involved in the women's side of things and um, was helpful. Uh, there's a bunch of WNBA players, college, uh, women's college basketball players who talk about uh, that nobody even knew was going on, that, that they were asking him for advice and he was there for them. And so I think for all of those reasons, he really became an ambassador, not just for the game of basketball, but for greatness and excellence in whatever it is that you choose to do. And, and, and nothing against Michael Jordan, but I think that, uh, that Kobe kind of resonates a little bit more uh, because of what he created with the Mama mentality. I'm so happy he's on my team. It's a heavyweight belt, bro. That's a fight. All right, moving on, Vinny. The Houston Texans are now saying that they are no longer accepting any calls on Deshaun Watson. He had a meeting with um, head coach David Culley, and he said, I still want to get out of here, though. So I don't know where the Houston Texans are going with this, but they're no longer accepting calls. I've seen stories that like teams are leaving voicemails, if that's even still a thing. But they're just trying to get in those, hey, we'll give you, we'll, they're trying to get their offers in there, their pitch for why they should have Deshaun Jack, ooh, excuse me, Deshaun Watson some teams. And I just don't think it's going to work. So what do you think about the Houston Texans saying we're no longer even going to accept calls, even though he doesn't <clears throat> want to be here? Yeah, um, well, first of all, uh, voicemails or leaving voicemails is that what you're saying yes that's what i'm saying okay who uses voice do you even do you leave voicemails anymore do you listen to voicemails anymore i do not leave voicemails i will not listen to a voicemail if it is like i can't even remember the last time i left a voicemail on the phone that was especially if it wasn't no i can't remember yeah that's my whole thing like that's the first thing i thought about um was like who's leaving voicemails these days my mother leaves me voicemails i'm sure when your mom calls she's probably like my mom uh she's gonna leave voicemails that's just how that generation started doing things with with leaving you know messages on the phone but i'm like mom don't leave voicemails i'm not going to listen to them just go ahead and text it to me i'll get back to you um but uh, but i'm not i'm not gonna listen to the voicemail i'm not gonna leave the voicemail so this 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 uh it's kind of hilarious to me that you know um you know maybe the general manager of a certain team's like look we'll give you two first round picks we'll give you our starting quarterback we'll be i mean like the the fact that that literally might be on a voicemail somewhere is kind of hilarious to me stop with the voicemails if you want to get your offer into the general manager just text them enough with the voicemails nobody listens to them that's just it's 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 like outdated I agree 100% because I'm like, I don't even send them. I don't even look at them. Like, yeah, if it's something very, if it's something important, I, re I really don't even like answering the phone. Just text me. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I am, too. Let's see what we're made of right here, all right? Yep. Let's go. We can't hope. We got to go do. Hey, show me what champions do. And lastly, Chris Godwin from the Tampa Bay wide receiver. This former, not former, he's going to be up for free agency. The Tampa yep. Bay wide receiver said he wants to stay in Tampa, but also understands that business aspect means having to keep an open mind to leaving via free agency. That said, he wouldn't want to put himself in a horrible situation to earn a few extra dollars when it comes to money versus maybe sacrificing happiness. Where do you fall? That's a great question. Uh, somebody once told me, don't chase money. Um, you know, it just, it, it never, if, if you're chasing money over happiness, you're going to be on, you're usually going to be unhappy. I know sometimes we have to do things that we don't necessarily like, uh, because obviously you have to make a living. But when you get to a certain point where you're only sac where, where you're only chasing the money and not taking into consideration, um, you know, what it might be for your, for your personal happiness, um, then I advise I, I, against it. I've been in that situation too, because 
Uh, I remember uh, I got a raise and like a promotion, quote unquote, uh, kind of got talked into it with the raise and with the promotion uh, to become a sports editor. I stopped being uh, a writer. I was a co- I was a, I was I was covering sports, going you know being a physical reporter, going out to things, writing stories, to now working in the office. And it sounded good because the money sounded good. Um, and and I was miserable, man. I was totally totally miserable. Uh, I didn't like being in the office. I missed being part of the action, going to games, going to practices, uh, doing my thing as a writer, managing. I hated managing people. So um, I, 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 I'm with Chris because um, he's got a great situation in Tampa Bay. Now, if it's the, even if it's, I don't know, even if it's the case of millions upon millions of dollars, um, you know, you have to always consider that. But if you're leaving a Super Bowl champion for a couple, you know. I don't even know. Like, what would you, for you, what would you sacrifice happiness for? Like, how many, what would it have to be from a money standpoint? Like, how much difference in a money standpoint would it have to be for you to say, all right, I'm going to leave someplace where I'm really, really happy to go someplace where I probably won't be. But man, that money makes a big difference to me. Uh, Vinny, um, you're talking to the wrong guy on this because um, I would jump at the money at no at the you know, I'm jumping at the money. If we're talking about me and my personal life, I'm jumping at the money. Professional football player, maybe like the millions don't matter. Maybe. It, it, it is going to be the situation if you're depending on like, oh, you can get 35 million here or 27, 30 million at the next place. You know, that's OK. That difference. I'm going to. All stay, right. Well, I let's, stay let's where keep I can it relative a, then. Let's I'll say where I can be a winner. Then. Let's keep it relative then. All right. Somebody somebody uh, calls you up right. You know, today, right after we get off uh, done with the segment and offers you twenty thousand dollars more. But it would require moving to, um, let's say, uh, Skedek, or that, we'll, we'll say Green Bay, Wisconsin. I already have my answer. I already have my answer teed up. You didn't. You said twenty thousand dollars more. I didn't have my answer for you. you didn't. You could have stopped right there. I don't care where it's at, as long as I guess in the continental U.S. You know the great, um, the great. You know my wrestling background here. Triple H once said, "I would rather eat well than sleep well," and that's my answer. So for. Grand more. Yes, I would rather eat well than sleep well, Vinny. You would give move me the from money. Beautiful Las Vegas to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yes. Not a question. <laughs> All right. $10,000 more. You don't know how much money I make. And that's okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Duly noted. Duly noted. Uh, we need to work on that. We, de- we definitely need to work on that. But uh, I-, I get it and I understand. But you know what? Uh, I still think you'd be making a mistake. I think you stick it out, even if even if it's a little bit less money right now. Where you are in the context that you're making, and the relationships that you're making at your age, you'll be able to make that money up in time. So that's just my piece of advice to you: don't go move into Green Bay, Wisconsin. Not that it's a, not a lovely place; it is, uh, but you'd be miserable. Uh, I'm just telling you that even at twenty thousand dollars more, you'd be miserable. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'd rather eat well than sleep well. That, well that's my final okay. answer. And all right, hey, uh, just just when 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 you're when you're eating um, a little bit better in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and it's fifteen below zero, uh, just think I, about your old dear friend Vinny and uh, and 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 say, you know what, I should have listened to his advice. <laughs> I was going to take a little dig there. Yeah, when I'm like covering a playoff team and working well into January. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I well, we didn't talk about what the job was. Oh, well, said twenty thousand dollars more. Yeah, in Green Bay, the only job in Green Bay. If I'm still going to be working in the radio industry, I think I would be covering the Packers, and I'm just you know. And that, and and that's and 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 you know what? And that's about it too. Because <laughs> what what else is there in Green Bay to cover? I mean, at least here in Las Vegas, you got the Golden Knights. You're probably going to have a baseball team pretty soon. An NBA team is coming here to. Uh, that's why I'm saying you got to think long range. That's why I'm saying that even if it's even if that that short term twenty thousand dollar increase this year compared to if you just stick it out here and play the long game, uh, I think you would be better off doing that. That's all I'm saying, my man. And that was three and out. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Coming down the home stretch in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Um, and uh, as I keep mentioning, a lot of good, a lot of big things in store for Embajador Tequila coming up. I uh, can't wait to share them with you. Um, but uh, that is a uh, a story for another day. It's coming uh, pretty quickly, though, uh, and I and I and I can't wait to share it with you, uh, Damon. I think you had some uh, information on some fumbles. I think. Oh uh, yes, earlier in the first hour of the show, we were talking about um, you were you were given a, an explanation for why quarterbacks fumble when they get sacked, mm-hmm. and um, we were then we brought up you know obviously Derek Carr and his fumbles, and you you said bring up the Atlanta game, like go watch the Atlanta game. So I did it on a break. And I watched the first fumble of the game, and that was him trying to step up. I swipe at his arm as he has both hands on the football, and he just drops it. The second fumble, like the first, it time. was bang bang. I'll, 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 I'll give that to him. I still think it was it was pretty bang bang. I mean, it's it's he tries he, to and step it was up coming from both sides. He tries to step up in the pocket. He swipe the defender swipes at his at his arm and, and if I remember correctly, yeah, there was a whiff by Darren Waller on that play too. Uh, there, the, the guy was coming off the edge and 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 Darren Waller just blows a block. Well, not Nothing everybody's going to make every block. It's still up to the quarterback. I mean, if if if, if you can't expect a clean pocket on every dropback, um, he he he. There that never clean pockets rarely ever happen. Okay, so let's. Um, but, oh, but there's, there's, there's clean Waller. pockets and there's under siege. And, yeah. And okay. In the second, he sack, was under siege on that play. There was no, a five was step not. drop. He was, he was under not siege under on siege. That play. He had enough time to try to step up, and then the defender just made a great play. Sometimes these defensive guys, you know, they make good plays. It's not. Thank all, you very much. Yes, That's exactly okay. what I'm saying. In the second, That's that, it wasn't. It's not necessarily somebody's fault. It's just that somebody made a great that play. play. Is his fault <laughs> for not holding on to the ball? Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't know. But the uh, second but one, ahead. if you like, the second one, it, that was a oh uh, man. Like sometimes, if the offensive lineman just gets beaten, like within like three seconds, there's nothing Derek Carr is going to be able to do. And yeah. on that second sack, yes, there was nothing that there's not. Maybe it, if you just want to say hold on to the football, no matter what, maybe. But I see. I it's understandable that second fumble that occurred in that Atlanta game. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll give you that. I think that I think that first one was. Uh, a little bit of him, a little bit of the offensive line. Um, it was it was a five step drop. Darren Waller needs to do more than what he did to block his guy. He didn't, and so there was a guy coming from the front of him, and the guy coming, and the 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 backside was collapsing too. He tries to sneak up front, 
he doesn't get full security of the ball, but you know, uh, then hands start swiping. It's a fumble. So I think that's I think that's uh, you know it's definitely on him. But there was there was also uh, a breakdown up front. Uh, the second one, I'm with you. I think that was there was really nothing much he could do. So I'll give you this. Um, if you look back at the fumbles, and this goes for all quarterbacks, not just Derek Carr. All right, all quarterbacks. I would say that it's going to be you're going to find that it's sixty forty. Uh, the result of just there's not much you can do in that kind of a situation when you're a quarterback. Your eyes are downfield. You're trying to focus on re- making your reads, going through your progressions. Um, you, sometimes you got the ball cocked back, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, um, you, you're, you're under seas and multiple arms are 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 are, are, uh, are swiping at you, or you just get buried from behind without no knowledge of the guy, you know, without no pre kind of warning that somebody's about ready to drill you in the back while you got the ball up. So I would say uh, 60-40, it's going to be on the offensive line than, than the quarterback. So if you, so, so uh, what do you have, 11 fumbles uh, this year? I would say five were, you know, really partially his fault. Um, but not entirely his fault because again, it's really, really difficult. So just say that they're not his fault then. If it's gonna be well, partially. Yeah, there's, there's, oh, there's, there's definitely circumstances. Were, there's only five that you even want to say maybe they were his fault. He also gets he also gets credit for there was a, a pitch to Jalen Richard, and because he was the last one that had full control of the ball, he gets credited with it, even though it was a it was it was a perfect pitch and Jalen just dropped it. But the quarterback is always always gets uh you know the uh, the responsibility for that including on a on a handoff that maybe the maybe the running back you know uh, uh misread it or something like that i'm not saying that he's not enti- not not at all at fault but i'm saying is what i'm saying is it's not like he just you know uh, full fault 100% fault is when you just when you're when you're sitting there and it bounces off your leg or you just lose uh, control of it, and and not, there's nothing else going on. You just l- lost control of it. When you're getting drilled from behind and you fumble the ball, there's not much you can do as a quarterback. So, yes, some guys have bigger hands. They're going to be able to hold on to the ball a little bit tighter, so that helps a little bit. Uh, but there's a reason why quarterbacks are always up there when it comes to fumbles. They're, they're A lot of times, they're just under siege, and somebody hits the ball at the right time or your hand at the right time or you're getting hit but from your blind side, there's really not much you can do. But even if it's six, let's just say 60 40, um, then of 11 fumbles, five were, we'll, we'll even go your, because you want to say that it's entirely his fault. It's only his fault. Then five of the fumbles. All I'm saying is that the greats get rid of the ball. I'm just saying, like, there are some quarterbacks where it's like, you, this doesn't come up with Brady, didn't come up with Manning. Mahomes, that game in the Super Bowl, he's running for his life, but it's like, man, he only was sacked three times. And you count the number. Manning's had fumbles and lots of fumbles in his career. But when you get rid of the football quickly, it doesn't come up as much, is all I'm saying. All right. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. You know, but still, when you're getting, when you're getting hit, you're going to be fumbling the ball. And that's why all quarterbacks have some issues with fumbling the ball because they're in a, um, you know, uh, it's just an awkward position to be in. And especially when you're getting, you know, hit a lot of times from the blind side. But, um, but you know, uh, like like interceptions. Now, that's I'm going to give that primarily to the quarterback. That's why Jameis Winston throwing, what, 36 interceptions. That's like, that's just I can't even explain that. Like, how bad do you have to be to throw 36 interceptions? Or what was it, 35 interceptions? It's just, 
you know, if a quarterback throws an interception, it's 90% going to be the quarterback's fault. Uh, every once in a while, a ball gets tipped. I'll even put that on the quarterback. Or every once in a while, it goes through a wide receiver's hands. That's on the wide receiver. But 90% of the time, it's going to be the quarterback's fault that he threw that that interception. Anyway, uh, that's an argument for another day. We'll continue this next week. I see that you, uh, you your your Derek your Derek Carr hate is coming out, and you're putting it squarely on Derek Carr. Uh, um, uh, I excuse me, sir. I received a tweet today that says I'm the only one who keeps it real about Derek Carr. So excuse me, uh, wrong. I got to I'm see that tweet. Got All right. See, uh, you right, got to tell your cousin it. to stop tweeting that. I retweeted it. No, no, people respect my opinion. I'll, I'll, I'll check that one. I'll, 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 and, I'll, and I'll consider the source. Uh, thanks a lot to Devon Cotton for uh, keeping it real uh, with Derek Carr and uh, everything else that he keeps real over at the uh, studio. Really appreciate everything you do. Appreciate the callers all week long. You guys brought it. Uh, thank you very, very much. To the listeners, really appreciate the support. And, of course, uh, in Bajador Tequila, thanks for everything you guys do. Uh, you're in the huddle, Vinny Monsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday, 4 to 6 p.m.